0: you think about that a lot of those songs that we sang talked about really defying and overcoming your circumstances right and we have to get that inside of us we have to sing it we have to say it we have to remind ourselves you remember last week metacognition think what you're thinking about right um You know, what do we see when we see the circumstance in front of us? Do we see defeat? Or do we see Him as victory? Greater is He who is in you than he that is in the world. We've got to renew our mind to truth, but then we've got to act upon it. Hebrews 5.13 reminds us, how do we do that? Declaration of righteousness over you. We go deeper and deeper, deeper and deeper into the maturity of God. Right? Romans 4, 5, and 6. As that declaration continues spoken over you, complete wholeness comes over that person. Right? No fear. Perfect love casts out fear. And then 517, just a reminder, we get to reign in life because of this gift of righteousness. Not that you can grow in it anymore. You've got it. Like you are the righteousness of God. Like He's already established in His righteousness. He's not growing in it. Amen. And you've been given that. So you're not growing in it. You may be growing in your knowledge about it. Maybe growing in your thinker about it. You hopefully growing in your knower about it. Where that experience takes shape. Right? So I just want you to think about this morning. Uh, before we just dive into scriptures, I just wrote a couple of people down and we may go through more, uh, but just want you to think about some of these Old Testament people, right? Some of these Old Testament characters that we think, man, they were great people, right? That they did some awesome things, uh, awesome things happened in their life, awesome things happened um, um, through God, through them, right? Um, you think about Abraham and we, and we look at him and, and Sarah and, and we've looked at that story, remember back at the beginning of this year. And, um, and walk their story out. And you, and you think about that, um, how they walked in that covenant. Remember how we talked about back in January and in their, in their covenant was based off of their pedigree, of who they were, right? It wasn't based off anything else. It wasn't based off works. It wasn't based off performance. It was based off their pedigree. And so you think about the great things that accomplished, but even when Moses came along, right, you think about those things, leading them out from Pharaoh, like, that's the greatest Exodus, right? So much so that we have a book named after it. And so, you think about the great journey that they took as they were doing that, Moses' leadership. But Moses, in all that leadership, he wasn't a regenerated man, he was still under the law. Think about some other ones under the law. What about Elijah? What is something great Elijah did? Real quick, somebody. Think about Elijah. What do you think about? Who? The rain. the rain. And what happened with the rain? That's right. That's as small as a fist. It's going to rain, boys. <laughs> Go ahead and get done, umbrellas. What else? What happened at the end of Elijah's life? He didn't die. What happened? What happened? And what Was a blaze of glory, right? You know that song, song, blaze of glory. Boy, the chariot of fire. And who was there watching this whole thing unfold? Because he wanted a double portion. Elisha, right? Think about Daniel. Where was he, kids? In the what? Lion's den, right? In the lion's den, like hungry lions should have not come out alive right and he up in there just (laughs) pitting right Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego bow down O king you're our king but we can't do that we'll never bow down to your gods are you only God and we believe our God will save us from this fiery furnace. But even if he don't, we're still going to praise him. And the king looks and says, I thought we threw three in there. Who was the fourth man? Beloved. You see, that fourth man that was with them in the Old Testament is the one that's in you. You think about that. Old Testament, we we talked about that with the um, pedigree thing with Abraham. But then we talked about Moses. And all those up to Jesus was Moses plus what? Plus performance. Right? So pedigree plus performance. All of them not regenerated men and women. Not new lives in Christ. But it was limited righteousness based off of the blood of goats, bulls, and things of that nature. Not the blood of Jesus. Not the blood of the Son. It was limited in its righteousness and what it was giving those people. Right Now, in the New Testament, in the New Covenant... You've been giving a new blood covenant under the blood of Jesus, which is unlimited righteousness. You are the righteousness of God. Regenerated, you've been re to a new creation. So the one that was with them in the Old Testament is not long, only with you, but He is in you. That's why he says, greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. But we have a problem between these two ears to get it down into our nowhere. Most of the time it never gets past here. Right? Intellect. We can go intellectually. We can say these words. You can repeat these verses with me as I'm saying them. But when it comes down to it, when it comes down to circumstances, that's when it says, does your faith meet your actions? Right? What James has been talking about this whole time. Right? Not to be double minded. And so then he says, greater works, who will do? Remember that? Greater works. John chapter 14. Greater works, who's going to do? You are. This is Jesus' words in John chapter 14. He says, greater works you're going to do than I did. Why? I'm going to be in you doing them. It's not about you. I'm going to put myself... In you, I'm showing you this is what it's supposed to look like. So you think about all those times for three years that he is walking with those guys intimately, right? Like the intimate conversations that we don't even have written down. The intimate things that they saw Jesus do with his Father. The intimate conversations they heard with Jesus and his Father. The intimate conversations that he had with people that we don't even have recorded. Remember John, remember at the end he says... He's like, to even mention all the things that Jesus did, there would not be enough books to contain it. So we just have a little bit. So you imagine in those three years what they experienced and what they saw. And he looks at them and says, what? Greater what? Works. You would do. Smith Wigglesworth has a four book series called The Greater Works. Whew. Tough stuff in there. But it starts reminding you of Hebrews five thirteen that says, "Those who will mature into these new things, right? Never heard of Smith Wigglesworth? Go look him up. <laughs> Just an old plumber boy, got baptized in the Holy Spirit and changed nations, right? A plumber, not a pastor, not a youth minister, not a missionary, a plumber." Greater works that you will do. You see, what happened with Smith was he believed. He believed what the Word says and then he acted upon it. Right? So, Mark 16. Go with me. Mark chapter 16. This righteousness is the righteousness of God. It has filled you. It is not limited. But you've been recreated. You've been re genes now just to remind ourselves what should happen with this righteousness this righteousness remember is not just so you remember the example i gave you here a while back a couple months back and i said um lydia needed a breathing treatment one morning and uh so i woke her up real early i'm like get up and we've got lots to do and get your breathing treatment go up front get her started and i go about my business and i'm getting ready i come back. It's time to go. Where's she at? She knocked that over. I ain't got nothing done. I said, I didn't wake you up just to do nothing. Just so it could be about you just sitting there. And immediately Holy Spirit says, I have awakened you not to just sit there. You see, the awakening comes when we have this declaration of righteousness spoken over us and we become whole. But we don't become whole just so we sit back and do nothing. You see what I'm saying? But I thought you said works. I mean, it's not about works. Well, it's not. In the fact that you're not working for your salvation. not working for it. You're not trying to earn anything. We're not earning anything. But whenever the revelation of righteousness gets in here... We now move based upon Not based off of me trying anymore, but now faith into action. And I'm believing, not that I did anything or I'm doing anything, I'm believing He is now in me and it is my responsibility to get Him to the Word. Okay? Now look at Mark 16. Before I... Mark 16, verse 17. Before I read that, just to remind you one more time. All those disciples gathered around Him. He's about to leave. And again, think about those intimate conversations. The things that they've seen. Just the things that we have read about in the four Gospels blow our minds, right? And they've seen way more than that. Correct? Now this is what He says. Mark sixteen, verse seventeen. And these miracle signs will accompany those who what? Believe. They do what? Believe. Believe. They will drive out demons in the power of my name. They will speak in tongues. They will be supernaturally protected from snakes and from drinking anything poisonous. And they will lay hands on the sick and do what? Heal, Heal them. Then after saying this, Jesus lifted up into heaven. So this is what he wants to leave with them. Reminding them. Guys, I've been with you. You've seen me. Now it's what? Your turn. I'm not just leaving you hopeless. Like I'm going to be in you. We're going to do this thing together. One of the first things that he tells them is they will cast out what? Demons. Some of your translations say devils. So, if I can cast out one, I can cast out what? Many. It is plural here. The definite word there is plural, meaning I can cast them what? All out. Who can? You can. Now, don't be like the seven sons of Sceva trying to do it without Jesus. But you can because he's in you. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. So you could cast them how many out? All out. Right? So he given you authority over who? Demons. Which is the who? He's the enemy. Right? We're at war. Whether you choose to fight it or not, you're at war. You woke up in a world at war. You went to sleep in a world at war last night. And you woke up in one. Now whether you're choosing to fight in this battle is a whole different story. But we just sang about five songs about battle. This is how I fight. This is what I do. This is my victory. This is a, and we're singing it all the time, but then something happens and we're just moping around, don't know what to do. That's got to get down here, right? And he's saying if I've given you authority over the enemy, I've given you also the authority over his works. Okay? Sometimes I'm not having to cast out a specific demon. Right? Sometimes it's demonic activity, meaning people have yielded to those things and it is now the result of those things. You see what I'm saying? So, but not only do I have authority over the demonic, the demon itself, I also have authority over the activity that has taken place. Right? Bill, last week, at the very end, remember, he spoke about the weather. Right? Can you cast out storms? Can you? Or not? Did Jesus? Is He in you? Okay. Okay. It's real simple. Like, we try to make it complicated. Jesus says, do what I do, basically. That's all. Like, if we could... Why do you think He says, come in like a child? You've got to enter the kingdom like a child. Because we try to put our adult mindset in it, and a lot of times that just don't work. Because we try to be theoretical. We try to make some common sense out of it. A lot of things Jesus did wasn't common sense. Like, you go spit in mud and go put it in somebody's eyes today, they're going to slap you. They don't care what your name is, Jesus or not. Right? A lot of things he did just didn't seem like common sense. But they were kingdom sense. That's why you got to let all that go and come into kingdom mindset, kingdom rule, kingdom authority, right? And so he's telling you, you have authority over the demonic you also have authority over the demonic activity meaning you can now break bonds that are over people's lives you know people that have bonds on them we probably do ourselves especially our mind thoughts that we talked about last week that we are not taking captive at spear point we said last week right but you think about Bonds around us, people living in bondage, they can't get out from it. You have the power to speak a word over it. Why do you have power? Because who's in you? He is in you. We've got to let this revelation come to us that greater is he who is in me. Is he in you or is he not? Right? And that's a whole different ball game. Now, if he's not in you, ain't much gonna be done but He who is in you, right? I've given Him rule and reign. I've yielded to Him to come into my life. Right? Not that I'm just letting Him be the center of my life, but I've allowed Him to swallow my whole life. Does that make sense? Like I'm just not saying, all right, you're the center and I'm just going to kind of surround you. No, I'm in Him. He's in me. He swallowed up my life and me in Him. It's one. but that's got to get past here to here, right? Matthew 28, the other one that we know. So Mark 16, what did he tell them? You have authority over what? Demons, demonic activity, right? And it's work, bondage on people. You have the authority to break those bonds over people and yourself, okay? You have authority to speak to the mountain, Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20. A lot of times we use this that we got to get the message into all countries. And and we do. We need to spread the message of Christ. But we miss some important words here too as we're going to preach this message. It is a life that we are bringing when we do it. Verse 18. Then Jesus came close to them and said, again, this is at the very end. I'm about to leave. I'm leaving you with these most important words so you do not forget. How much authority does He say? How much? All All means how much? All. All All means all. All authority in the universe has been given to who? To To Him. All authority. Does that mean authority over the enemy? Yeah. It's been given to Him. Now, a lot of your translations from that point on says, Go... What? Ye, therefore. King James Version. Go ye, therefore. Passion translation says, so, now, wherever you go, right? So, take the word now and the Passion translations are go ye. What is it doing? The ye in the King James Version versus the Passion Versions of now is saying what? Now that you know this, it's connecting the dots. Meaning, you can't go until you know. Know what? All authority has been what? Given to me. And now, I'm giving it what? To you. You go in that same authority that I have, I'm giving to you. You have to go in that authority, all that I've commanded you, right? So, you're thinking about all that intimate time he had showed them. What was he showing them? Sonship. He was showing you this is what it looks like to walk in sonship, right? To come into relationship with Abba, intimacy, and then walk it out here on this earth. And he's saying, remember all that? Like we walked it out day after day. We had talks, long talks, long talks at night, talking on the road. We were going everywhere we went. You saw me in my relationship with Papa. And everything that I did, now it's yours. You have the same authority. I'm going to be in you. We're going to do this together. So all authority. Now go and use that authority. Think about this. Think about it in this way. I, some transla- some of the notes and some of these translations will say this. I give you legal right to go in my name. Now, think about that. I give you legal right. I got all authority. Now I'm doing what? Giving it to you. I give you legal right to go in my name. What did we talk about with Jesus? What happened? Whenever it's 30 years old, he's baptized and what happens? Comes up out of the water. Jesus says, I mean God says, this is my beloved son, whom I am well pleased. Right? Had he done any miracles at that point that we know of? No. Right? What was he establishing? Relationship. But then... He establishes, this is my son. Listen to him, listen to me. Listening to me, you're listening to him. Meaning what? We are one in the same. This phrase here, go ye therefore, or whether it is now go, whichever translation you're reading, is translated connecting the dots to the authority, saying, I now give you legal right. Announcing out, saying... You are now sons of God, the same. That when he was 30 years old is what we call that, that we've talked about a million times, the weothesia, the weothesia ceremony, right? Where he becomes the weos, meaning the son. Firstborn among many, right? To show us this is now you. Whenever He gets that legal ground, so to speak, of sonship announced out loud, He then does what? Goes immediately, it says, to the wilderness. Right? To be tempted. Comes out of that temptation to do what? All those miracles that we read. What's He doing? Walking into His sonship. Showing what? That He has authority. What did He do? He went to the wilderness, showed His authority over who? Who? satan and all his works he comes out and continues to do what release those who were in bondage and bring life what does he say matthew 28 now give you legal grounds to do what the same thing that legal grounds is this you being adopted and coming into sonship. Your we ceremony that says you listening to him, you listening to me. That's why Paul says that you can speak as if you speak the oracles of God. It's you. It's your relationship. You are one together in the same, right? Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations. Meaning what? Multiply this thing out. Not just get some people to memorize some scripture. Not just get people to memorize a prayer. Not just to get some, some pamphlets out. Making disciples means what? Be just like Him. Like I've been doing that with you. I've been making you to look like me. Did they look like Him after baptism of the Holy Spirit over the day of Pentecost? Yeah, they walked right out looking just like Him doing the same things He did. And what's He saying? Now go do multiply that out. You go do it. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teach them to faithfully do what? Follow, or some of your passages say, obey all that I have commanded you. You think about those relationships and those talks that they had. They walked it out. I mean, when He sent out the 70, what did they do? He gave them directions. He gave them commands. Do this when you go. They're not going to listen to you. Shake the dust off your feet. He gave them instructions. Teach them the same thing. Go and do likewise. Freely you've been given, freely give. All those things that He commanded them. Now you go do it too. Make it multiply. I did not just feel you to sit there. I did not just awaken you to truth to sit there. I've awakened you to truth to multiply. Then he says, and never forget, I am with you every day. Think about that. What did we say with those in the Old Testament? He was with them. Who's that fourth one in the fire? That fourth one in the fire is not just walking beside you anymore. He's in you. Like that should just make you want to just jump up off this chair, just let's just quit for the day and just rejoice in that one phrase. Like that shows you that we're just sitting there like that. That shows you we don't believe it. That shows you it's only intellect and it's not heart knowledge. Because we don't even rejoice in that. We're not even excited about it. Like we're thinking about everything else but that. You see what I'm saying? That's got to go past here. Now probably everybody in this room could probably quote those scriptures that we talked about today. But there's a difference in quoting an intellect and living it. Excited about it knowing it. Does that make sense? So go with me. Hebrews 4.16. I'm going to show you one more part of this legal grounds. And then we'll be done with the introduction. Y'all scared to laugh because y'all know it's true. (laughs) Hebrews 4.16. so now when now if you go back to the previous verse it says past tense done conquered sin past tense now now we draw near how freely and boldly two parts freely and what Boldly to where grace is enthroned to receive mercy's kiss and discover the grace we urgently need to strengthen us in our time of weakness. So, in that sonship, not only do you have legal grounds over the enemy, you have legal rights now to enter the throne room of God. You remember we talked about the throne room where there's other people like the adversary who was speaking against you? Who's even using your own words against you to say, well, look what he says about himself. I don't, have to even, I don't even have to have a case here. Look at what he says about himself. Look at what he thinks about himself. Oh, I know he knows those scriptures. He can quote them. But guess who else can quote those scriptures? There's a difference. Got to go beyond here. Got to get it here. So we get to come boldly. We have legal grounds, not only over the enemy, but in intimacy. We have legal grounds to be there with intimacy. We have legal grounds to be there to be at the throne room of God and exercise authority even in the spiritual realm. So both realms, we have legal access as sons to operate freely. Think about it. That's right. So simple, but so hard because we can't get it past here. That's the hard part. That's the hard part. Because here's the thing. We will get past here when we experience. Remember we talked about that before. Paul talks about it's not going to get here until we start living it out and experiencing it, right? Right? Robbie Dawkins, Todd White, all those say faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Risk. If you're not going to take a leap of faith and step out and take a risk, then you probably don't believe by faith. That's right. So, John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Verse 13. We well, really could just read John 14, 15, 16, 17. But John 14, verse 13. For I will do whatever you ask me to do. Now, he's already said greater things. Okay? This is the same passage. Remember what I said earlier? It comes from John 14. He had just got through saying it. You're going to do greater things. More than I did. And then this is what he says. For I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask me in my what? In my what? In my what? Does that mean we just use his name just loosely like a magical phrase? Like hocus pocus? No. Or like Harry Potter? Spiliamus or whatever they say. That's what we think, though. we got a prayer. we got to tag that name. If we don't use that name, well, you must have forgot to use the name. That's why it didn't work. Abracadabra. you got to use the phrase. You think about what we just talked about in Sonship and that we Othesis ceremony. What was Jesus doing when he come up out of that water and that declaration is made known, the We O Theseus ceremony, to say he's walking in sonship and you listen to him, you listen to me. If you listen to me, you listen to him. That's in my name. You're going as what? That's right. You're going as what? Him. Jesus was walking as Papa on the earth. What are you doing? supposed to be walking as Him. He was the firstborn among many. You're supposed to be in field by Him and now walk it out. So that is going in His name. You're going in His presence. You're going in Him. Like, you're carrying Him. You're hosting the presence. Remember when you talk about hosting the presence all the time? Bill Johnson had a big old book on that. Man, you're hosting His presence. Not just going alongside of you. You host Him. Like you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He's in you. You're taking Him wherever you go. 1 John 4.4 4. And by the way in that passage he also finished up by saying because it's going to bring Him glory. 1 John 4. Verse 4. Little children. You can be certain, and we said this before a couple weeks ago, you belong to God and have conquered them. Who is them? What was he talking about before? Spirit of the Antichrist. Anything that's not of God. Anything that's not of God. You have conquered them. For the one who is living in you is far greater than the one in the world. That's why you can sing songs like we just sang earlier. That's why you can sing that and say, when I see this, you see that. We need to get to the place where we're not saying that and we're saying we both see it together. The world sees this, but me and you together see this. We've got to get our minds in tune to that place. We've got to get our heart knowledge in tune to that place in that place of intimacy where we see the same thing, where we have the same heartbeat. Go over to chapter 5. Chapter 5, verse 4 and 5. You see, every child of God does what? How many? It's just some of us. Just the ones that go to the... Baptist church, just the one who go to the charismatic church, just the Lutherans, who? Every child of God does what? Overcomes the world. So is there a circumstance to be? No. For our faith is the victorious power that triumphs over the world. What does your faith. You've got to believe. Faith spells what? R-I-S-K. So who are the world conquerors defeating its power? Those who what? Believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And if you believe He's the Son of God, then you believe He's where? In you. And you also believe you're carrying Him to work see how simple that is, but we won't make it so complicated. Yeah we got those yeah butts right that's about the biggest butt we ever know hmm. but we gotta pop that butt and get it out romans eight thirty seven hmm. What? Why, why you say butt? <laughs> why don't you say butt? <laughs> I wanted to go into a whole nother story. We we're watching this movie. There's a, what's that show that Ezra likes to watch? Uh, uh, Captain Underpants. It had a butt about the size of a mango on it the other day. That's what it was reminding me of. Oh, probably not a good show to watch with the kids, but he likes it. Romans eight <laughs> Romans eight, thirty seven. Now, before we get to thirty seven, you gotta remember he's talking about I'm convinced that any suffering that we face in this world how many? Any. Right? Whether Whether it's self-inflicted or it's the world inflicted, sin inflicted, whatever it is, any suffering that we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude and glory that is about to be unveiled where? Within us. Not when the sweet by and by, not when you die, but it's about to be revealed where? In you. Now go down to verse 37. He starts talking about all these things that are coming against us. He talks about agony. He talks about groaning. He talks about your worst day, right? Your worst time, your worst moments. Now, on verse 37, he brings it all back to this conclusion, and this is what he says. Yet... At all those things. Yet, even in the midst of all these things, not one of them left out, we triumph. Say it with me, triumph. Over them how many? All for God has made past tense us to be more than conquerors. Now if you're going to be more than a conqueror, that means you don't just defeat the thing, you conquer it, meaning you now rule over it. Okay? You don't just conquer it, defeat it, you also rule over it. Right? So you're more than a conqueror. I want to also point out that that means there's going to be a fight. Don't expect to get through this thing without a fight. Now, we sing, How do I fight my battle? How do I fight my battle? Right? Now there's some different ways we fight our battles. We sang about a few, but there's several ways that we can fight battles. Right? The first thing is resting in His promise. you got to rest in Him, believing that it's a finished work in Him. Second thing, then you take action. Not based off of your actions, but based off of His action. Right? You're joining, remember? You're joining forces with Him. Right? Did Jesus defeat all those things when He walked on this earth by just sitting in the closet? But did it start there? <laughs> yeah. You better believe that's where it started. But then He got up and He took care of business. That's right. you got to be before you can do So He's calling us out into... A world that needs him. A world that is under demonic influence, and we have the answer. We carry the answer. Right? It says more than conquers and his demonstrated love is our glorious victor victory over how much? How much? Amen. Everything. Everything. So what excuse do we have? You remember Romans five seventeen that I, I mentioned every week for the last six weeks? Remember we do Hebrews, then I do Romans four, and then I say Romans five. The Romans five one that I say every week is, and that you will reign in life. You see how all those passages we talked about are telling you to do what in life? Just be in the corner saying, I don't know what what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Right? Monty's new word is, What the heck? I guess she heard Julie say, I don't know. (laughs) She just goes around all the time like, What the heck? What the heck? What the heck are we going to do with it though? Right? We should be reigning in life. All these passages say we should reign in life. It's pointing back to what? Romans 5.17 This declaration. We looked at it last week. He holds you up with His mighty right hand of what? Righteousness. Everything is based off of that point. You now have legal access. Nobody can take it, strip it from you. The only person that can is you because you won't let it get past here. That's the only way. The only way it's getting stopped up is you. And it's always usually right where? Here. The battle is in the what? Mind. Right? So, we talked about last week, I just want to remind you. You remember we talked about those thoughts and metacognition? Remember that? And it was 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts a day that a person has, remember? And then 80% of those were negative thoughts. 90%, 95% of those were thoughts that were repetitive from the day before. You remember I was talking about that? So this week in studying, I saw that it talked about this. Navy SEALs. So we are in a battle, right? War. Navy SEALs use in their training the power of positive words. The power of positive words. Why do you think they would do that? Keep them fighting. Keep them fighting, keep them positive. If you got somebody that's scared, are they gonna go into battle? No way. And if they do, they get, they out, bro. They have zero confidence. And they're going to be the first ones out. Same thing in our spiritual battle daily. We got to be ready, right, for that battle, right? So listen to this. So in that Navy SEAL training, it says this, that they learned. We say 300 to 1,000 words to ourselves every minute. So you think about that, what we said last week, 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts we have a day. 300 to 1,000 words we say to ourselves every minute. Not out loud, just us talking to ourselves. Our little subconscious later, just steadily talking to ourselves. And most of those, guess what, are negative or positive. Can you guess? <laughs> negative. Whether it's about ourselves or whether it's about other people or our situation, the words that we are telling ourselves most of the time out of those thousand words a minute, I didn't even know I could think a thousand words a minute. Most of them are negative. So remember that passage last week. It talked about we declare those things, right? So we got to come to a place where we're not just thinking. But now we got to replace those thoughts. Remember said last week, hold those thoughts captive and like at spear point, meaning we've taken them babies down. But then we replace those thoughts, but not only replace those thoughts, we have to replace our what? Words. To remind ourselves throughout the day. So, I encourage you. Get something that's going to remind you. Set a timer on your phone. Do whatever you can to remind yourself Speak positive words. Get Scripture inside of you to where you believe the Scripture instead of what the world says. So let's just say you're going through a certain circumstance right now. Whatever that circumstance is you're going in, find Scripture that combats it and talk about that Scripture, analyze that Scripture, repeat that Scripture over and over until you believe it more than you're thinking about that circumstance. You have to do this. It's not just automatically going to happen. By faith. By faith, I receive. By faith, I walk in it, right? So that's why James says a double-minded shouldn't expect to get anything from somebody. They can't. A double-minded person's not really believing it. They know it. They can say it. But when it comes down to it, they don't produce it. We've got to stay connected to the vine. He is the source. What He's claimed over you, you've got to start believing. What He's claimed over everybody else, you've got to start believing. So, again, we have communion today. If you haven't, if you didn't watch that video I sent out this week, thought it was very interesting. Of course, it was, Bill Johnson says it at the end of uh, his sermon after Benny passed away. But, you know, she, um, we talked about that book during COVID, The book that Benny wrote about communion. And he said that um, Lou Engel had this vision. That we were going to come together as of believers is going to be known as the Communion Awakening or the Communion Revival, because we finally believe. I think it goes right along with what Bob Jones prophesied there in this decade that we'll come into a place of rest and knowing who we are. And so he's preparing our hearts. All these things that are happening in this world. are you going to believe what he said about you? You can think about it just like this. This is your wilderness that you're walking in. He announces to, this is my son. And then what does he do? That announcement. Remember, every word is going to come under attack. But you got to choose to believe the word or the word. It immediately goes into the wilderness. What was attacked? The very words that were spoken over Jesus. We're going through this decade of some suffering, of some things, worldly suffering, and things that we don't understand and things that we may not can see yet and things that we don't know about, whether it's political, whether it's financial, whether it's people just can't get along and agree. Sicknesses, all kinds of natural disasters lately and people dying from those things. And under those circumstances are you going to choose to still believe who you are? Remember as he's talking about that in this in Romans, he said out of all those things All these present sufferings that you're facing can't be compared to what's about to be revealed within you. We're going through a purification, shining process that is burning out everything that is not of love's kind. And it may hurt for a season. But it's not going to be anything compared to what's about to be revealed in us. Nothing. Nothing is going to be compared to that. What's about to be revealed in us? Oh, if we could just get a picture of that. We get a picture of those songs that we sing that we are just the same. And when the world sees these things, we don't see it like that. We see it as hope and opportunity for God to display His glory through us sons and daughters to rise up and take their place. So as they pass out communion, up, as you get yours I just want you to, as they lightly play I just want you to sit there at your seat for a minute, eyes closed. Before we go into any kind of deep thing or anything like that, I just want you to be real simple, approach eyes closed and just Hold it in your hand. And I just want you to look within and turn your affections towards Him. Just simple approach. I'm not trying to pray anything out at this moment. I'm not trying to be giving my list of prayers. I'm not saying, God, I need you to come through right now. I'm, I'm putting all that aside right now just to say this. God, I love you. Father, I turn my affections towards towards you. Abba, I choose you. Out of all the things this morning, Abba, that I could choose, I choose you. And I just want you to sit there in that simplicity. Sit there in that simplicity and just simply acknowledge that He is a ch- yeah. Childlike faith.